interesting story in the Globe and Mail, all looking at hate crimes and specifically the charge of hate crime. I, by way of introduction, I have this other job where I read the evening news on Global on weeknights. I hope you can join me on television tonight between 5.30 and 6.30. I can't tell you how many times I read what we call voiceovers where, you know, that, that's, that just means that the anchor's talking and you're seeing visuals of something else. And it's usually a, a mug shot or something. And in uh, the voiceover, inevitably goes like this. Uh, police are investigating such and such a thing as a hate crime. We say that all the time, but there's a pretty big difference between investigate as a hate crime and charge as a hate crime, and even a bigger difference between charge as a hate crime and actually convict. And to talk more about that, I am pleased to welcome back to the program from Ontario Tech University, Dr. Barbara Perry, who is the director of the Center of Hate, Bias, and Extremism. Welcome back, Barbara. Hi, Alan. Good to talk to you again. Okay, so just give me a sense of just the, the law that's involved here. And I, I just uh, at first blush, the Global Mail looked at it and said the, the clearance rate is pretty low on this. I mean, wh where, where's the issue here? Is it the law or is it the enforcement side? It's a little bit of both. It's a very complex area. Um, there's, there's not a lot of training for, uh, for law enforcement in this space. Uh, I think Ontario probably does the best job, and, and even that, that is problematic. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think one of the challenges is um, we don't really have a hate crime offense. So someone, if they attack someone, if they assault someone, they're not charged with a hate crime necessarily. They're charged with an assault. And at sentencing, then the bias motivation may come into play in terms of enhancing the sentence. The other hate-related hate legislation we have is really hate propaganda legislation. So incitement to hatred, incitement to genocide, and then there is another mischief to religious property. So that's the law that we're talking about. The problem with the propaganda legislation is that it's a very high standard, a very high bar that's been set. And the Attorney General's office actually has to approve the charges being laid before anyone can be charged under that legislation. So it's a really onerous burden on the police and on the Crown as well. What kind of sentencing uh, enhancement would you see if there was a successful application of, of hate bias to, let's say, an assault? It's generally not um, very high. It's generally less than a third. I think it's often about 10%, 20% increase. Uh, and the sentences are quite low anyway, unless it's a really horrific uh, attack. Um, but uh, yeah, so you're not going to end up with much more than you know a couple of extra months or maybe another year tacked on. Uh, and keep in mind that custodial sentences are actually quite rare. Uh, that in fact, most uh, most sentencing revolves around some sort of community-based sentence or probation. When we start talking about um, things like anti-Semitic graffiti, which we have seen uh, a real rash of recently, especially at schools in, in and around Toronto, um, does that automatically become a hate, and I, I hesitate to use the word crime, but that's that's what we call it on the news. And should we maybe not even be saying that? No, I think I think it's fine. I mean, there's a legal definition of hate crime, and then there's uh, sort of the the academic or the social uh, understanding of hate crime. I think it's fine to use that terminology. Um, yeah, and, and that I guess that's another one of the problems in terms of prosecution and, and laying charges is that if we look at the data 
Uh, many of the offenses are, you know, they are mischief, they're vandalism. It's the sort of graffiti that you're talking about. But um, the difficulty is in identifying a perpetrator uh, because, you know, this, this is often under cover of darkness. Uh, you know, they're very careful to be sure that no one is watching them. So it's hard to identify a perpetrator. Therefore, charges uh, aren't being laid. So um, <clears throat> having said that, having said that, most of the offenses are at that lower level. I think it's uh, important to not dismiss them as trivial because those are very visible kinds of offenses. They really are message crimes. So if there's a swastika on the side of a school or on an overpass or on a billboard, um, that sends a, a very broad message, not to an individual, but to the whole community that they're not welcome, that they are threatened. Um, so I think that that is the, the challenge for, uh, for communities as well. You mentioned you thought that Ontario was ahead of Canada, but that wasn't necessarily something to brag about. Can you give me some context behind that and, and the percentages that we're seeing in terms of cases that are being cleared? Yeah, so um, in in Ontario, most of our, well, I should say across the country, actually, most of the larger cities have some kind of hate crime unit. Um, and whether that's two officers or half a dozen officers varies quite dramatically. In Ontario, for example, you know, services like York Regional, like Toronto, uh, like Peel have fairly large teams, or at least the hate crime team is well connected to the diversity unit within the organization so that they are able to play a role both in terms of investigation, but also community outreach and encouraging people to report, uh, you know, trying to work to increase trust with, with law enforcement. Um, in addition to that, at the Ontario Police College, there is a, a course that's run regularly around investigating hate crime. Uh, so for officers who are working in that space or, you know, who are moving into that space. Um, but other provinces, no other province has that kind of training available. In fact, we have folks coming from Alberta, for example, to take the course uh, in Ontario. So while we have that, again, it's fairly limited. There's, I think it's a, it's a, I would say a cohort of about 25 or 30, two times a year. They're working to try and get three times a year, but still that's, that's pretty low numbers. If we think about how many police officers there are, that's only Ontario. What are other officers doing? Um, what's happening with, with RCMP and OPP, for example, where there aren't necessarily hate crime units uh, at a, a detachment level for the OPP or, uh, or for the uh, RCMP. Well, it's certainly a growing problem and, and one that needs to be addressed, I think, with every municipality and with every police force. Uh, Dr. Perry, thank you so much for joining me again. Okay. Talk to you again. That's Barbara Perry, who's the director of Ontario Tech University's Centre on Hate, Bias, and Extremism. Again and again, we are seeing these incidents pop up and at schools, particularly disturbing. I know at uh, my 16-year-old's high school was tagged with some anti-Semitic graffiti and, and how disturbing that is for the whole community and how do, how do we how do we deal with that? I mean, what kind of punishment do we bring to bear on it? I think that is interesting. 